0: Good evening well, as the uh, pastor said it 's been been a few years uh, since i 'd been behind a pulpit and spoke to anyone um, as he said the lord Lord called me as a young man at a at an early age to the ministry and uh, fourteen years old in the uh, Assembly of God of Elsinore, Missouri on the corner of this pew right here. The Lord called me. And my, my message tonight lines up a lot with part of my life and running from the Lord and running from the call that was placed upon my life. So 14, 15, 16 years old in the church serving the Lord as a lot of people would say, on fire, on fire for the Lord. And as I got a little older and got my driver's license and began to get more and more into the world um, or exposed to the world um, as growing up and, and getting out in high school and all the things with the sports events and proms and all the things, and then the military and sticking my toes out Into the big old world, and getting caught up in that, and losing that fire, that fear for the Lord, and then even after that, rededicating my life to the Lord, still not submitting to the call that was on on my life, and you know just kind of, if you will, going through the motions, going to church going to the church events, going to the altar, saying, Lord, keep, keep working on me, Lord, keep working on me, but not having that fervent fear for the Lord. And in, in the course of all that, that leading me to uh, all the years of construction and to New Braunfels, Texas, and Houston, Texas, and, and then all, all of the places in the world and, and end up in Beaumont, Texas, like Jake said, uh, to come down here. And I never thought in all the years of knowing that Jacob was a pastor and all the places they've been in the world that he would also be my pastor. Um, and just to, not to make his head swell up or anything, but to, to brag on him just a little bit of always watching him and, and his ministry growing and being just faithful and consistent in the Lord, and following that, I always admired that, and I always hoped that one day I could step back up and be at least half of what I've seen him be through his years of ministry because um, that was that was always something that I admired that that consistency and that that fervency for the Lord um, so that is some of my testimony, and just in sharing that with you tonight. I just feel like that really lines up with these eight pages of notes that I've written over the past couple of weeks, and uh, hopefully since it's uh, been a while since I've done this, I won't just read through this, and uh, we'll pray for the anointing of the Lord to come upon me and, and get you something good tonight. Um, but I feel that the Lord has laid upon my heart to, to speak to the church tonight about fearing the Lord fervently, and in fearing the Lord fervently, it's going to take sacrifice, it's going to be scary, but it's required for survival, Um, so I feel that this is what the, the Lord has for me tonight, and the scriptures that I'm going to reference is Isaiah 29 and 13, and Ezekiel 33 and 31. So, if you have your Bibles, if you will stand for the reading of the word, we'll get into it. In Isaiah 29 and 13, therefore the Lord said, Inasmuch as these people draw near with their mouths and honor me with their lips, but have removed their hearts far from me and their fear toward me is taught by the commandment of men and i'll give you just a moment and we'll read ezekiel 33 and 31 if you're there say amen all right sounds like we're there Ezekiel 33 and 31, and they came unto thee as the people cometh, and they sit before thee as my people, and they hear thy words, but they will not do them. For with their mouth they shew much love, but their heart goeth after their covetousness. Lord, tonight we come before you. We ask, Father God, that you will open our ears and our hearts and our minds, Lord, Father God, to this word that you've laid upon my heart to share with the church tonight. Lord, I ask that you will minister to me, Lord, that you will anoint my heart and my mind and my mouth tonight, Lord, to bring this word forth to the church. Lord, have your will in your way, Lord, Father God, and speak only the words that you would have spoken. Remove me from the equation, Lord, and just use me tonight to be your mouthpiece, in Jesus name fearing the Lord that's what I feel that the Lord has laid upon my heart and we're gonna start with that fear if you Google fear and the definition of it there's more than just being scared of something we all know that fear is being scared of things but fear in Webster is profound reverence and awe, especially towards God. That's straight from Webster. And it's a capital G even in the dictionary. So I'm just a simple, simple man. And I Google and research a lot of words because I grew up in the sticks and I don't know A whole lot of fancy words. So I have a tendency when I'm studying and I find these words, and even sometimes I'll I'll research the most simple word just to find different meanings because different meanings can change our perspective of how we see it. In being here and being a flight instructor and being a pilot, I've shown people pictures of Beaumont, and they're like, Oh, that's so beautiful. Where is that? Well, that's Beaumont. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. It's just from 2,500 feet. Oh, well, that's beautiful. So that, that perspective can change simply by changing how we see it or how we reference it with different meanings. So you may feel like you're getting an English lesson as I go through this because I'm going to break down a lot of words. But in doing that is what I'm getting at is trying to get you to see it the way that the Lord has placed it upon my heart over the past few weeks. So fear, profound reverence. If you look at the word profound, it's having intellectual depth, difficult to fathom because sometimes we can't fathom what the Lord can do. Sometimes we can't fathom who the Lord really is. We say, oh, praise God, he's so big, he's so good, he's so mighty, he can do this, he can do that. But we can't really fathom it. We can't really grasp it. We can't grab that depth, that difficulty to fathom, all-encompassing. So we can't always get a hold of that. And in that difficulty to fathom, in Genesis 1 and 3, God said, let there be light. And there was light. That sounds like a real simple statement. But think about it for just a moment. God didn't say, oh, I'm going to go over here and I'm going I'm to work on this. I'm going to work on this. I'm going to work on this. He said, let there be light. And there was a universe. There was a sun and a moon. Out of nowhere. Because God spoke it. And our minds sometimes don't grasp that it can't fathom that that's the god that i serve that's the god that carried me through all them years of running reverence honor or respect reverence comes from the word revere To show devoted, differential honor regarding that honor. And like I said, you may feel like you're getting an English lesson. Bear with me. Differential, showing or expressing respect and high regard where due. And it also says, do a superior I don't know if anybody thinks they're superior in here or not, but I know my God is. Awe. So fear, profound reverence, and awe, especially towards God. Awe. An emotional, variously combining dread, veneration, and wonder that is inspired by authority. Well, my God's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. If that's not authority, I don't know what is. So, again, bear with me. Ver- veneration, respect, or awe inspired by dignity, wisdom, and talent. Well, my God spoke into existence light. He spoke into existence water over land and the division of it. He spoke into existence every creature that roams the earth. And he created man in his own image. So if that's not talent, I don't know what is. Dignity and wisdom. Pastor gave us a wonderful sermon series on the walk, the wisdom, and the will of God. And all through that, talking about walking in the wisdom of God. Well, the wisdom comes from Him first. And dignity. I didn't get to that word. But dignity to me means steadfast, strong, faithful, loyal, always correct. God's never wrong. Lost my spot. Um, But I broke all these words down because fearing the Lord fervently. To fear the Lord, we first got to understand fear and why it's important or why to fear God because of who he is, because he spoke it into existence. Let there be light. And there was light. Scientists have tried to go through and figure out where we all came from. A big boom. Evolution. Well, there was a big boom. It was God's voice. He said, let there be light. And there was light. So if in nothing else, that's enough reason to fear the Lord. Lord. So, in fearing the Lord, we read in Isaiah where the people come and draw near and honor the Lord with their mouth and their lips, but their heart is far from the Lord. Well, when our heart is far from the Lord, we're in the world. We're going to do things of the world. And we can't fear the Lord, and fear the world. So, like I said, in, in part of my testimony, in running from the Lord, obviously I wasn't even attempting to fear the Lord. But even after I had come back and I said, Lord, forgive me of my sins and, and come back into my life, come back into my heart and let me live for you. I still wasn't necessarily fearing the Lord, and I wasn't fearing Him fervently. So, fervently, if you break that word down, if you look it up, it is to glow. Extremely, extremely bright. To burn beyond measure. What's fathomable. It's that bright. So, to fear the Lord fervently... You have to give your whole heart. You can't give just a little bit of it. So even in those years of of running from the Lord and then coming back to the Lord, like I said, going through those motions, being in the service, being in praise and worship, coming to the altar, but not being wholeheartedly in my fear for the Lord, not being wholeheartedly and fearing him fervently only what i wanted to allow only what my flesh wanted to give into so that's why i say fearing the lord will require sacrifice because if i'm going to fear the lord i'm going to have to give up things that i want And we'll get to this as we get through this. But also when fearing the Lord, we're going to make that sacrifice. But he's going to come back to us. He's going to give it back to us in a way that we never imagined. And that'll lead into another testimony of my life as we get further through this. But fearing the Lord fervently is sacrifice. Sacrifice is... Giving up something for life. And even in Webster, it refers to sacrificing something to a dignity or to a God. Well, we all know who the one true God is. So, in sacrifice, an act of offering to God something precious... Something given up in exchange for life. Well, something precious doesn't just mean my heart or my life. Something precious is whatever we deem precious to us. So it doesn't matter if it's our pride or because somebody's done something to me. Well, I'm just going to keep my nails dug into the back of this pew when the spirit moves in the house of the Lord because I don't want to give up my something precious so whether it's pride whether it's fear of what's so and so going to say I've been going to that church for 37 years what what are they going to say That fear of what someone's going to say. That could be your something precious. So it doesn't matter what it is that's precious to us. We have to let go of that if we want to fear the Lord fervently. If we want to glow for Him. If we say we want revival in the church, but we won't take our nails out of the back of the pew every time the Spirit moves in this house we ain't going to get that revival. If we don't take our nails out of the back of the pew, we ain't going to get that answer to prayer that we keep praying for because God's saying, I want it. I want that something precious so you can watch me work. So if we won't take our nails out of the back of the pew, we're going to repeat The definition of insanity to do the same thing over and over and over again and expect a different result and going through with and and preparing this message this past week when I come to this point of sacrifice 1st Timothy 4 and 16 come to my mind take heed to yourself and to the doctrine continue in them for in doing this you will save both yourself and those who hear you and when i read that i said and what about those who see me because if we're going to fear the lord fervently we're going to glow so we're gonna be seen, and in being seen, we have to keep that fear in the Lord, so that we can stay aglow. You ever seen uh, forged in fire? Anybody ever watched that show? I love watching them guys work that metal. I love it. They they put that metal in there, and they got them blowers on them um, fire boxes. Well, they pull that out of there; it's glowing. It's cherry red, it's orange, it's glowing, glassblower, same thing. they got to keep that heat on there to keep that mold going. So, to fear the Lord fervently, we got to continually stoke that fire. So, maybe we give up something precious this week. Great, we're making, we're making headway. We're moving forward. Well, then we go a couple of weeks, we go a month, we go a year. If you like Brother Gary, you've been serving the Lord for many years. I don't know how many years Brother Gary's been serving the Lord, but it's probably as many as I've been alive. Because <laughs> <laughs> Brother Gary is uh, older than Jesus the first time I met him. <laughs> so, I love you, Brother. Uh, but... It's always going to be sacrifice. It's going to be continual sacrifice. To, to fear the Lord fervently, it's a continual sacrifice. One day it's our pride. One day it's something we love dearly. Maybe it's Facebook. Maybe it's some kind of video game some kind of hobby, something of the world that is not of the Lord. He's going to come and say, it's time. You want to keep going? You want to keep growing? It's time. I want it. Um, you know, I love when Brother Jacob shares, and I'm not meaning to pick on Amber, but I love when Pastor shares the testimony of Amber and her sharing that conviction about the Lord dealing with her about things in her home and removing them. Because it's growth forward. It's that continual sacrifice, giving this up, giving that up to get where the Lord wants us to be. To reach our potential in Him. <clears throat> and I broke down the word heed as I read First Timothy, heed is to pay attention, give consideration, follow, not lead, listen, not speak. So there's times if we're going to fear the Lord fervently, he wants us to just come to this altar and he wants us to listen. He wants us to listen so that he can tell us when we're standing here or when we're kneeled down here praying as a young man. Tears in your eyes. God, I want to serve you. God, I want to live for you. Well, if you don't stop talking and say, God, I want this. God, I want that. He can't tell you that he wants you in the ministry. He can't tell you where he wants your ministry to be. So sometimes we got to take heed and sacrifice our own words and listen to what the Lord has to say. Continue, it says in 1 Timothy 4 and 16, to continue in them, them as the doctrine and taking heed to ourself before the Lord. Continue in them, continually taking heed, continually sacrificing, pay attention to what God wants, what God wants from your heart. Continue to maintain without interruption. Your course, your action, your condition, your place. Keep walking continuously. What I like about that the most is continuing without interruption. Because as we begin to make a sacrifice, as we begin to try to serve the Lord fervently, the devil's going to come. He's going to throw something in your face. He's going to see just how willing you are to make that sacrifice, how willing you are to stop saying, God, I want this, God, I want that, God, I need this. Talking about our first world problems, as Pastor mentioned a message or so ago. Getting past them first world problems, getting down to something deep, intellectual depth and reverence, in fearing the Lord for who he is and what he can do. What he wants to do with us and in us. It tells us in First Timothy, it says, "Take heed to the doctrine. Doctrine is a body of principles of Christ. Not of me, not of the world, but of Christ. something that is taught fear is developed maybe from an instance of one thing happening as I was working on getting my flight instructor license I had to do some uh, some book work some coursework and one thing that stuck out to me in that is what they call the law of primacy What's taught first sticks the most. So when we're trying to learn things, what we're taught first sticks the most. The other thing that stuck out to me is the law of intensity. The more intense a situation is, the better it sticks. So sometimes when the Lord is trying to get a hold of our heart and bring our heart back to a place of fear... He may do something in our life to shake us up, to get our attention, because He wants our fear to be in Him. He wants us to fear Him, not this world. He wants us to seek after Him, to hear His words, and to do them. As it says in Ezekiel thirty-three thirty-one, 31, They hear thine words, but they will not do them. Maybe all these things that might be happening in in your life is because God's trying to get your attention. He's trying to say, listen to my words and do them. Don't just hear me, follow me, fear me. Covetness. Desire for wealth, possessions, or another's possessions. Crave, longing for, greedy, grabby. All things of the world. I sat in a meeting this morning at work, and I listened to some of my coworkers talking about how successful somebody was because he was living in such and such apartment, and he was paying X amount of dollars for it. And that's all I could think about was the covetousness that was in that conversation. That's what they longed for. That's what they wanted more than anything. Oh, I want to be there. I want to be that. But that can also transpire. Pastor said it a, a dozen times about seeking something on the platform, seeking the pulpit, seeking a position in, as, a, as a singer, as a musician. That can be a covetousness. And if that's in our heart, we can't fear the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge is understanding. I've been reading that a lot because of Pastor's Sermon Series. I found a few scriptures and Proverbs that talk about how the fear transitions into the wisdom and the wisdom into the understanding. And Proverbs 9 and 10, that's, that's where that comes from. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of that wisdom and the knowledge is understanding. I love the sermon series that, that Pastor done on that. the the walk in the will of God and the wisdom. And the Lord just kept putting that back on my heart this week as I was going through and trying to get ready for tonight about getting that wisdom all starting with the fear, putting our fear back in the Lord fervently every day. Corey asked me to speak to the youth a couple weeks ago. And the, the, the message that I brought to them was getting in and staying in the shape. And in that, getting and developing habits. If we want to grow our fear in the Lord, and Pastor says it all the time, he hopes this ain't the only time that we're reading, that we're praying, and spending time in the Lord is, is when we're in this house. If we want to grow our fear in the Lord... We have to get up and spend time with him every day to fear him fervently. We have to make that time. And as I was going back through that, I keep going back to some of these messages that pastor said to some of these things that just really stuck out to me. Being stewards of our time was one of the, the sermons that he brought in that series. And I remember he broke it down a little bit But if you go through a day, and anybody that has a job, by the time you get up, you make yourself some breakfast, you go to work, you spend the day at work, you come home, you make dinner, and in a 24-hour day, if you sleep eight hours a day, you do all those things, you're looking at about an hour to two hours of time to invest into something. Well, if we tithe on our time, 24 hours a day is about 2 hours and 20 minutes. So we're down to the last 2 hours of the day. What are we going to do with it? Are we going to fear the Lord? Are we going to put our time into growing in the Lord? Are we going to see what the latest is on Fox News, CNN News, all this junk that's in the world? Instead of putting it, investing it, into growing our fear in the lord if we want to glow fervently for the lord we have to stoke the fire we can't stoke the fire on facebook I oh, it's all right i'll go to church sunday the pastor will give us something good praise the lord hallelujah oh i can't believe so-and-so did that oh did did you hear about so-and-so we can't stoke the fire if our nose is in Facebook. Draw near with their mouths, honor me with their lips, but have removed their hearts far from me. That's what comes to mind when I say that, seeing that time. And I told, told the youth the other night in developing those Habits, making those habits to pick this up over this. It takes reps. Bodybuilders don't get big by doing one or two and putting them back down. If we want to grow fervently in the Lord, to, or to fear the Lord fervently, it takes those reps. That sacrifice of even time. Maybe time is what's precious to you. Time with what's so-and-so doing. What's going on here? Oh, what's, what's going on in the political world? Is your fear in that? Because they didn't speak light into existence. God did. So where are we putting our fear? Takes reps. Takes sacrifice. Sometimes it's going to be scary. Because sometimes God's going to say, I want you to do this. And you're going to say, What? You want me to be a, a preacher? Lord, did you hear what you said? You, me, Aaron Ray, the 14 year old kid from Southeast Missouri. Do what? That's why most of us run. This is scary. There's an unknown factor. We don't know what God has in store. That's why we have to fear Him. In fearing Him, we're going to trust Him. I was reading through the book of Daniel the other night, and this really stuck out to me. I had, I've heard the story of Daniel in the lion's den all my life, ever since I was a kid. It's been a great story in the children's church. Oh, Daniel got thrown in the lion's den, and the Lord shut the mouth of the lions, and he, he was just fine. But I was telling Carrie the other night, I read this, and this stuck out to me in a whole new way. As you read through Daniel, and in chapter, I believe it's 5 and 6, is is the the story of the miracle of the Lord closing the mouths of the lion. But Daniel had been made a high-ranking official with the king and over some of the the kingdom, over some of the other, the, the soothsayers and all the wise people. But they couldn't find anything wrong with Daniel to go to the king and get him in trouble because they wanted what he had. So they made up some stuff. They made up a decree and went to the king and said, hey, anybody that doesn't serve or praise you or praise what you've done, we're going to make it a decree to they get thrown in the lion's den. And as I was reading that, what really stuck out to me was it says that when Daniel knew that that decree had been signed, He went into his room where his window was open, and he began to praise the Lord. He knew that that decree had been signed. So I don't have a doubt in my mind that God said, hey, I want you to do this. He knew he was going to go to the lion's den. Hello? Hello? A den of lions, the king of the jungle. One of the, the fierce animals there is to tear things apart. I seen a video just the other day. It was actually a tiger, but a cousin of the lion. So bear with me. <laughs> but I don't even know where it was, but it was laying there sleeping and a dog was passing by and as it woke the tiger bear with me it literally just reached up grabbed it by its head and pulled it dead so lion very similar strength power aggressiveness daniel knew the decree had been signed and chose to fear the lord Knowing he was going to go to that den. But in that, once the king realized what had taken place, he said, Daniel, call upon your Lord that's been so faithful. So he did. The next morning, the king came out and said, Daniel, how was the night? Did your God take care of you as he always has? He said, sure did, King. I didn't do no wrong by my Lord, and I didn't do no wrong by you. So they took him on up out of that den. But you know there had to be some fear and some scariness in the fact of knowing that he was going to go in that den. But he knew it and chose to fear the Lord. He chose to potentially sacrifice his life for the Lord. Another thing that stuck out to me that Pastor had brought to us in that sermon series, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We know the story, but as Pastor said that night, them guys didn't know. They know that they chose to fear the Lord and, again, potentially sacrifice their life for the Lord, they chose to fear him fervently, regardless of what they threatened them with. And like I said, we knew the story. We know the story. The Lord showed up. King Nebuchadnezzar said, hey, didn't we only put three of them in there? Where'd that fourth guy come from? How'd he get in there? Right? So, even though sometimes we might have to make a sacrifice... Sometimes it might be scary. If we fear the Lord fervently, it is survival. In survival, one of the scriptures that I come across that the Lord led me to, and I believe Definitely needed to be read tonight because as I was thinking, Lord, what goes with this? What goes with this survival, This the rest of this message? For some reason, this stuck out to me. This spoke to me. But when I literally grabbed my Bible and opened it, I turned directly to the Scripture. First Peter 5, 6, and 7. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you. In due time, casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. So in the Lord being survival, fearing him fervently, take sacrifice. It's going to be scary, but it's survival. Part of the word humble, not proud, not arrogant, not costly low on the totem pole, a spirit of submission. To fear the Lord fervently, it requires being humble. To exalt means to lift up, to raise in rank. So if we fear the Lord, if we humble ourselves before Him... We make those sacrifices, we take our nails out of the back of the pew every time the spirit moves, he will raise us up in due time. The Lord called me to ministry at 14 years old, knelt down praying in that spot, although I ran from him. Spent all them years living in the world. He's given me an opportunity to come back to him to make the sacrifice, to face the scary parts, and to be raised up and exalted in his time, to stand here tonight and bring forth a word to you that he has laid upon my heart. There's another scripture that I had come across, and I'm trying to find it here. We're only on page two, but we're... I feel like I've I've hit the points that the Lord wants me to, to speak upon tonight. Brother Danny and Sister Karen, if you'd come. The fear of the Lord tendeth to life, and he that and he that hath it shall abide satisfied. He shall not be visited with evil. Satisfied. I've never been more satisfied in the past 17, 18 months of my life as I have in the 33 years that I've had on this earth. Because in coming here And getting back to a place of fearing the Lord. And literally falling to my knees and saying, God, take my life and make it your own. And meaning it. Not just saying it with my mouth. But meaning it with my heart. Fearing the Lord. Fearing Him fervently. Coming back to that place. He has blessed me more than I could ever ask for. I have a peace that passes understanding. With the life that I live to stand here and know that I'm forgiven. I have a peace that passes understanding. And as Pastor said, Sister Carrie and I, are here to be wed in 23 days and some hours and some change. Nobody's counting. But that is one thing that I wanted all of my life. Ever since I was a young man, I knew that I wanted a family. I knew that I wanted a God-fearing Christian woman to be by my side. And in walking away from the Lord, walking away from all of that, I suffered a lot of heartache that I didn't have to suffer because I wasn't fearing the Lord, I suffered it. Because although I thought, God, why are you doing this to me? Why do I got to go through this? Why do I have to feel so much hurt? Because God was trying to get my attention. He was trying to back, bring me back to fearing him fervently. And when I finally decided to surrender the stubbornness and give in to what the Lord wants to do with my life, He opened the floodgates of blessings. I'm blessed with the most beautiful girl in the world that doesn't just go to church, seeks after the face of God that pushes me to be a better man, to be a better man of God To be ahead of our house. To fulfill the call that the Lord has placed upon my life. More satisfied than I've ever been in 33 years. Because I said, God, I want to fear you fervently. Take my life and make it yours. So I challenge you tonight to call on the Lord to ask Him, to show you, to lead you back to that heart of fearing Him fervently. Because when you do that, when you ask the Lord to do that, He will meet you. And as you begin to do that, when you ask the Lord, Lord, make me a meek man, He's going to start working on you. It's going to require that sacrifice. It's going to require facing some fears. Well, Brother Aaron, you said you're more satisfied than you ever been. I am. That don't mean I'm not concerned about where the Lord is going to provide for me and my new wife. So far, he's been blessing us continually with a home that we've been fixing up. Blessings within the home. Blessing after Blessing. But all because coming back to fearing him fervently, coming back to that heart of fearing the Lord, not just saying, God, I want this, God, I want that, but meaning it, sincerity in fearing the Lord for who he is. Because he said, let there be light, and there was light. So I challenge you this evening to come and find a place to pray and ask the Lord to show you, to lead you back to that heart of fearing Him fervently.